The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. This is the first week in 2017. It's first sort week of. it's not an eve. <laughs> right? Well, that's true. Yeah, last week it was it was New Year's Eve. Right? And so this is the first week in, in 2017. That's so confusing. Oh, I know. It's you know, I woke Sunday. up I woke up it felt just like 2016. I don't I don't know. <laughs> it did. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's it's good to be here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, might be a little new to some of you. Um, I was out in Colorado and, and at a conference with John Eldridge, and he brought up a topic that at all times God is doing four things in your life simultaneously. That he's disrupting, dismantling, healing, and restoring. You know, and John said that, and I've, I've heard John say lots of things, and they're always much deeper than I can comprehend initially. And so I was sitting there thinking about it, and I thought, nah, I don't get that one. And then over the next few days, the Holy Spirit was just reminding me of all the characters in the Bible where God stepped in and disrupted their life. You know, and a disruption is really just a change of direction. You know, I have a plan, I have a goal, I'm headed this way, and something happens, good or bad, and changes that direction of my life, at least for a period of time. And then dismantling is the breaking apart of something. And then you have healing and restoring, which we'll talk about those on other episodes. But today we're talking about the uh, disruption factor. And, and Robbie, this was something that you uh, saw in one of the things at Ransom Heart as well. Right. They added a, a whole program on disruption. And the lady set it up just wonderfully. She said, you know, how many people out there love to fly? And, of course, I jumped right in. And I love to fly. And, you know, I love to sit down in the seat. And I get excited when the takeoff happens, when the landing, you know, all that kind of exciting stuff. And. She goes through how much fun all that is and looking in the airport, looking at the people. You know, that's always good for a laugh, Sam. <laughs> yeah, really. People watching. Yes. And she said, uh, how many of you can remember your flight number? And I was like, well, no. And how many people could remember the name of your pilot? And then she said, well, let's watch this clip from the movie Sully and think about these people's lives. They probably could remember the name of their pilot and I'm pretty sure they could remember their flight number. No one warned us. No one said you were going to lose both engines at a lower altitude than any jet in history. This was dual engine loss at 2,800 feet followed by an immediate water landing with 155 souls on board no one has ever trained for an incident like that. Our job is to investigate how a plane ended up in the Hudson River. On the Hudson. It's not a crash, it was a forced water landing. Simulations showed that you could make it back to the airport. Not possible. I felt it go. 
my aircraft. Your aircraft. I want you to know I did the best I could. Of course you did. You saved everyone. People call you a hero. I don't feel like a hero. Show us your case, Supercelli! There's been too much talk in the press already. I'm overwhelmed by all this attention. The left engine was still operating. What if I didn't get this wrong? What if I endangered the lives of all those passengers? I got an A320 diving for the river. You did everything you could. It was more than enough. When was your last drink, Captain Holmberg? Have you had any troubles at home? This is the captain. Brace for impact. What? Brace, brace, brace! Heads down, stay down! There were 155 people on that plane. And you were one of them. Over 40 years in the air, but in the end, I'm gonna be judged on 208 seconds. I need a count, passengers and crew. There's anyone still here? You know, that brace, brace, brace. Life doesn't often give us that, you know, when a big disruption's coming. And what a benefit that, you know, at least they had brace, brace, brace. And, and, you know, in your life, if it's like my life, you know, there's certain events that seem to come in super slow motion, like in my life when I found out I had cancer. And I can remember the nurse's phone call. I can remember every word that she said. (laughs) I can remember where I was. I remember details about that because it was a complete change of direction in my life. You know, God was healing and restoring, but there was some breaking down to him that yeah, <laughs> had yeah. to come down first yeah. before, you know, some of that other stuff happened. But we don't often get that advance warning, brace, 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 head down, stay down. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the disruptions that happened, you know, if you look biblically, there, there's lots of disruptions that God put in place. And, and that's probably true in our life as well, because the Bible is a book of examples, not exceptions. And But I think there's things that happen in our life that God really didn't intend. You know, you take a wrong turn and something happens and you get hit. You know, you go a different direction. And I think those are things that sometimes always attribute those all to God. But God's in the midst of all of them and can use that disruption for good if we let him. And that's what we've talked about on other episodes. You know, some disruptions aren't always bad. It isn't always cancer or car wreck or or things of that nature, sometimes they're, they end up being just a complete change of location. I know that I'd had a plan for my life that uh, we were going to, um, we had an old house we were restoring, it was almost 100 years old, and we were going to make it a bed and breakfast. And so we had it all, life was all figured out, and along came an offer to move to North Carolina from Indiana, and I said, eh, I don't know. And we came down and visited, and God just awoke our hearts to say, yeah, you're going there. You know, and that was a big disruption. It was a disruption to my daughter who was going into her senior year. You better believe I heard that a bit. I <laughs> believe. You know, uh, just all sorts of changes, taking the grandkids away from the grandparents, you know, that type of thing. But but it all proved to be really for, for good in the long run. And, and sometimes those disruptions are painful initially. But when you let God work in them, you really have the opportunity for good to come from a lot of those things. I mean, that unique story that you have, you know, of having cancer and being cured from it. I know you've done a show a few times that I've heard anyway. We've had other people on that's had that same thing and just some of those amazing stories where, where that's happened in their life and they'll never forget. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for me, that's how I know God came for me in lots of different ways and I can understand God's love and the way he's going to rescue me under so many different circumstances. Yeah, now, Vinny, we were, we were talking on the way over and... You've had some disruptions in your life along the way. Now, there was one when you were 22. Yeah. Right? And so 
you'd kind of had a plan for your life at that point, and something kind of happened along the way that changed that whole direction, didn't it? Oh, it changed it big time. Uh, I was 22, had everything I wanted. Uh, being a nice Sicilian boy in Little Italy in New York, you know, my path was sort of uh, made for me until I met a lady. And, uh, wow, she disrupted my family, not me. Uh, she was divorced with two children, and I felt, fell head over heels over her. And that sure, what's the word, disruption? Yeah, disruption. Yeah, my family. I was, you know, exonerated from the family, divorced woman and everything. It turns out, after many, many years, that was the greatest gift that God ever gave me. Uh, a disruptive thing that happened turns out to be the greatest, probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life was marrying that woman and raising them two children plus our own that we ended up having. But boy, it's like what Robbie was saying. Uh, there's also death. Yeah. I have lost a wife. I have lost two sons. Uh, that's disruption, mm -hmm. you know, it, and it's hard to deal with sometimes. But you got to go on. Oh, yeah, just another little thing that happened to me. I went blind. <laughs> that's a little <laughs> bit of a disruption. But it don't bother me. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, and I know that when you met Rita and you talked a little bit about, but that was just your whole life right. completely changed. You're not just talking about a little bit of change. Hey, I'm going to move across the street. The whole life. Yeah, and the the kind of shunning from the family, which was probably pretty difficult to deal with at that young age. Yeah, it is. It was, especially from my father, because I was with him all the time. And then for him, when we pulled up in a car and he seen her, he he had put the word out, find out what my son is doing, and he says, "Give me the keys." Get out of here. Wow. Wow, that killed me. Yeah. That killed me. I would cut in the car and my reader turns around to me and said, what did he say? I says, I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Probably can't say it on the air either. I wouldn't think <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, so. now we have uh, polar opposites today on the show. We have a guest with us, Caleb Dyer. Dyer. Did I say it right? That's right. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I yeah. tried to read it. It's kind of funny. I, I know your grandpa, and then I had to ask you what your last name was. It's like I couldn't remember. But Caleb, you're in college right now, and you're down in Arkansas, correct? I am. Yeah, I have been for the past three semesters. And we have. We were talking before the show, but between you and Vinny's age is, is more difference between that and most of the people in the room. We have nine of us in here today. Um, Caleb, can you think of any of the disruptions that's kind of happened in your life along the way, even at, at your age? Oh, mo most certainly. I've got one uh, came to mind pretty pretty early on in the conversation. Uh, happened about this time, maybe eight years ago. Uh, we were having a family sledding trip in Indiana, visiting family for Christmas, and uh, myself, my cousins. It's uh, a great time sledding down this probably one of the biggest hills I've ever been on. And my dad was with us. He he told us all. He said, "Guys, uh, you're going to learn today how to sled and how to sled right. Here, give me the sled." So, of course, I'm at the bottom of the hill, and Dad's about to sled. I'm taking note. Uh, I want to know how to do it best. He he jumps down the hill, and he hits his face on the ice mm -hmm. right off the bat, went face first, uh, and slid probably for the next 
10 seconds. Uh, my dad being the jokester he is, I, I thought, well, he's just pulling a prank on us. He'll get up and he'll, it'll be all right. I then heard my, my mom scream, toss the video camera. She was taking video and run over to him. We, we turned him over uh, and he was lifeless is wow. the only word that, that came to mind. There was blood all over his face. Uh, nose was broken. Um, unconscious, really. And we called 911. The, the ambulance rushed to, to get us. And I was, like I said, I'm probably 12 or 13 at the time, um, put in a situation in the blink of an eye where I wondered if I would grow up the rest of my life without my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily the day before that, easily the week before that, I had no really true appreciation for who he was as my dad but that uh that changed after that moment That's yeah and we come back i want to get a little bit more sure. information from you on that we have a boot camp coming up don't we robbie april 6th through the 9th yes and, most certainly and if you didn't get a chance to register before christmas as a present you can still give it as a present valentine's day is coming up there you go yeah and a lot of other things are coming up so you could give that as washington's a present washington's birthday washington's <laughs> birthday there's all sorts of things but anyway Lincoln. go to masculinejourneyradio.org <laughs> To register now. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to Smile.Amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to Facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking about the stuff that God uses that we didn't expect, just like that bumping. That was great bumping music, Robbie. Good choice. It's the stuff you use. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes is. a little ice slide. Wow, face plant. We, I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm. You know what happened? Yeah, I was going to ask. When what we happened. left our hero, he was on the fa- he was on the ice. Yeah, so he uh, he rushed to the hospital in the ambulance, and uh, we all went to go go be with him. And he, he of course recovered uh, his consciousness when we we were there. Uh, but I, I just remember falling to my knees on the ice in those moments. Um, Coming to God and, and, of course, first of all, asking, you know, for, for his will to be done in something as scary as this, uh, not knowing what was coming next, but uh, also just asking that um, that he, he change our hearts with, with a, a moment like this. Not just mine, uh, everyone who was involved, you know, mom, sister, family. And uh, I remember that night when we, he came home from the, the hospital, actually. It, you know, of course, broken nose, like I said, and uh, he regained and recovered his consciousness. But that night I was sent around with my aunt and uncle, cousins, and my sister, and they did a, a Bible study with us. Uh, and they, they asked us, what did we learn from today? What, what were the takeaways? Uh, and I just happened to go last, and I, I really thought about it. And I told them, uh, the biggest takeaway is uh, you, you tell the people that you love, um, you love them, and, and you mean it. 
every time you say it because you don't know when it, it could be the last. Uh, so from, from that point forward, I, I learned that God's disruption um, and, and somewhat dismantling led, led to some restoring and healing uh, in, in my life and in all of our lives. Uh, it was a it was truly a life-changing moment of disruption. Um, so, Yeah, that was not what you planned. You planned to watch Dad come down the hill and, oh, yeah. and go do that. As you were talking, I just was thinking about my mom saying I went back. Last year I had a, a divorce. You know, a lot of you guys know that, and a lot of the listeners know that. And initially that was a disruption I didn't expect. Yeah, huge. <laughs> you know, that I don't think either one of us did. But uh, out of that, I felt God tell me, you know, go go spend some time with your mom. Hmm. Yeah, and so I thought, okay, I can get a cheap flight, and I flew down to, to Florida in January and got a chance to see her, and we had a great visit, just her and I. And I went back down in March, and she wasn't feeling very well. And then uh, in April, she passed away, April 1st. And, you know, just that had I not had that time, you know, how different it would be. But one of the things that my mom always said, she started telling me probably two years ago that she was always going to tell me she loved me when she got off yeah. the phone with me or with anyone else because she didn't know if that was going to be her last time. You know, and, and that's a very powerful thing and a thing to think about because we don't know what's coming around the corner. That's right. Right. Sometimes a shark. A shark. That's right. And that's what I was going to say. Do you want to talk mm. about this next Yeah, clip? yeah, yeah. This poor young lady, she was a surfer and her life was planned out to be a surfer. And she had faith and she had a lot of friends who could quote Romans eight twenty eight at her in a heartbeat. Um, but that has a different kind of meaning when you just lost your arm and you're a surfer. Hey, I just got back from Mexico. I'm so glad you're okay. Uh, I was just about to come see you. I couldn't wait. Come here. I was thinking about you and praying for you every minute. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Everyone's been doing really good. You don't have to do that, Bethany. Not with me. Um, they're trying to help. I know. I know. But, um... But what? You know how you said it's hard to see things clearly sometimes when you're too close? Mm -hmm. Well... <sighs> I've been trying to get some perspective. I've been really trying. <sighs> Tara, how can this be God's plan for me? I don't understand. <sighs> I don't know why terrible things happen to us sometimes. But I have to believe that something good is going to come out of this. It, you know, Sam, a, a couple of weeks ago I did a show that I thought was really profound <laughs> on the Christian car guy. Nobody said it was profound, but I really thought it was profound. I said overcomers have to overcome something. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't that seems that seems profound, doesn't it, Caleb? Of course. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, nobody yeah, does. Uh, I don't know. It just fell there. But anyway, in her case, you know, you see what happened, and 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 if you're familiar with the story of Soul Surfer, his this girl, and and yes, 
God did help her to continue her surfing. But what God did way more than that is he totally became the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting thing when God disrupts us often, you know, the lead role changes from us to God because of her faith and what happened through that. God got put on display to, for all the world to see through Soul Server. How many people went to see the movie? How many people got to see her story? But God was the hero instead of Bethany mm, because true. of the disruption. And I know the same was in my own case, that I, I probably would not be a public speaker today. I doubt if I would be on the radio had I not gotten cancer because when I had a chance to tell people how God had come for me through the cancer, next thing I know I was speaking at this meeting and I was speaking at that meeting and then you know, different opportunities opened up. But when God was the hero... It's amazing the doors that open. It is very, very cool. I, w- I was noticing something in common with those two clips. Now, you pick both of those. And both of yours are based on true stories. And if you haven't seen Soul Surfer, it's an amazing movie. It really is. Just the story of Bethany, you know, and the ministry that she had through that surfing. You know, and after the movie, there's a lot of clips of her. It's a real person, and you get to see what she looked like and some of the challenges she had. You know, when I when I picked a clip, it was kind of the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I picked something that was kind of not real. But, you know, I'm going to listen to this clip, too, because I think that it brings out another point in it that, you know, sometimes we have all these things figured out. And so did Evan before God (laughs) stepped in and told him to build an ark. So you're really him, aren't you? You want more proof? I haven't done the pillar of salt thing in a while. That's all right. I believe you. I just, I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. What? Why an ark? I mean, that's like flood territory. You wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Let's just say that whatever I do, I do because I love you. Well, then you have to understand that this whole building and art thing is really not part of my plans here. I need to settle into my house. I need to make a good impression at work. <laughs> what? Your plans. <laughs> what? what are you talking? I'm, we're talking about an arc, right? I mean, an arc? An arc is huge. I don't even know where I would begin. Al, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. Yeah, as you listen to that, it is funny, but it's very, very profound, right, that we have our plans laid out. And as I listen to that, I think about, you know, Paul on his way to Damascus, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets stopped on the road. And, and in his part of the story, you know, there wasn't a, a big, at that point in his life, a big health thing, was anything like that. He just completely changed his direction. Yeah. But I never really thought about until we we're talking about the show what Paul would have had to have gone through. Just how difficult that had to be that be shunned not only from the people he'd been persecuting, the Christians, which he was now one of them, trying to get them to believe it, but then also the people that he knew, his family, his friends, you know, all of a sudden he didn't exist to anybody, you know, and I think that, you know, as you watch the Evan Almighty, of course, it's not true, but that kind of happens in his story when he's trying to follow God's lead in this disruption, God has to be that hero because we're not big enough for it and we're going to get pounded at times from people that just don't understand you know what we're doing now Robbie on the the thing I know you've had um, amazing disruptions in your life <laughs> you know I mean that we all have and that's the question I was going to ask you do you know of anyone that doesn't have a disruption in their life 
Now, as I was talking about the uh, the the ransom heart uh, video that I saw, she had everybody list all these different ten different things that had gone on in their life. You know, family financial bankruptcy and losing a child and cancer or heart bypass or you know all these different things. There were twelve, and all these people stood up based on what was on other people's paper, and almost the entire room stood up for almost all 10 or 11, and nobody gets out of this without a lot of, a lot of these kinds of stories. And, you know, that's how you become an overcomer, though. In order to become an overcomer, you got to overcome something. To get a testimony... You're still trying to work that, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> work in progress. We'll try to get it in a couple more shows. Yeah, I, I thought it was stick. awesome. <laughs> no, but you are right. To be an overcomer, you have to be willing to overcome. Some people get stuck and just stay in that disrupted place, right? I'm just mm-hmm. going to kind of stay here. This has happened to me. I'm bankrupt. It's never going to get any better. I'm just going to live like that. Or, you know, life's never going to go on, you know, the way it was. And, and it won't, but it can go on in a much newer way that's still full of life. You know, God doesn't bring us to things to, to take life from us. In the midst of all the horrible things that happen in this world, God can bring us life through that if we let him. You know, all the challenges, I was joking with you a little bit, that you've been through, Robbie getting crushed by the Jeeps, falling out of the tree, those kinds of things. And, you know, haven't, hasn't each one God's kind of after your heart in the midst of that, hasn't he? That's exactly right. And I wrote an article once, different title, The Thrill of the Ride is in the Curves same kind of thing that when you when you take that tight turn is when all of a sudden you start to get some acceleration or if you're feeling the takeoff on the plane or you're coming in for the landing those are the exciting moments of course you know in order for you to read a good story if everybody was just happy and things were going well it would be kind of you know not not got a lot of story to it but where god steps into your story not that he creates the the disruption necessarily, but but that he comes through that and becomes the hero of the story. That's where that's where life gets good, and that's where you can open the door for the dismantling. You know, the dismantling of those things that weren't necessarily healthy. You know, that makes room for the healing, which makes room for the restoring, which is where the life really comes. As we peel back the next few weeks, we're going to talk more about this topic. But no matter if God brought something into your life or it just happened because of life. God can be that hero. The question is, are you going to let him? Are you going to turn to him? Are you going to fight back that thing that says it's his fault? And let him love you through the midst of whatever you're going through. He'll be there for you, and he's got something in the end that will give you life. We'll see you next week. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register for the boot camp. Again, that's MasculineJourneyRadio.org.